Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to by the word of their testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome to the program. Thank you for joining me. Today on the program I have a very special guest all the way from the US of A and that is Pastor Gary Blanchard. Pastor Gary, welcome to the program. Well, it's really good to be here, Etienne. Thank you very much for having me. It's a real pleasure. I just got to uh, know you just over the weekend. We were at a special prayer conference oh, yeah. and man, what a blessing that was. So Fully I've charged. You, I've heard you <laughs> preach a few times, but I have not heard your testimony. So I'm actually looking forward to you sharing your testimony sure. and, and the work that you do. Oh, thank you very much, brother. Yeah. I'm glad to share. Great. So just before we start with that, perhaps you could just tell us what you actually do because you have a global yeah. role, global responsibility. Well, I'm very blessed to serve as the World Youth Director for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Okay. So I work at the General Conference, and I get to work with some of the greatest people around the world, our youth leaders and our youth. Wow. So you actually work in an environment where then naturally, I guess almost by default, there's a lot of energy and oh a lot of enthusiasm. Absolutely. So you get to harness all that enthusiasm <laughs> for a good cause, I guess. Amen. Yes. I'm very impressed with uh, your division leader here in SPD, South Pacific Division. Uh, mm. Nick Cross has done some amazing things. Yes, indeed. Just last week, got to meet with all your union youth directors to see their excitement for Jesus and mission. Um, so, man, great things happening here in SPD and around the world. Wonderful. So, in essence, what is the purpose of your role? If oh, you can just, yeah. 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 Well, you know, that's a really good question. I think probably the most important thing is my role is to be a servant. My role is okay. to travel around the world and do whatever I can to help the division, union, and conference youth directors uh, be successful in reaching the next generation. Mm, very important, of course. It's very the important. Next generation are the leaders of the future. <laughs> and, you know, when our church started, it started with some people who were not that old, really. Come on. Were, well said. They were quite young. They were very young. Yeah. So uh, there's no reason why we can't invest in people, especially those who uh, are showing promise and showing uh, that the relationship with the Lord is very important. Please. Very well said. Very well mm. said. And, and, you know, young people are ready to be involved in living dangerously for God. You know, they were designed to live dangerously. In fact, uh, Psalms 127 verse 4 d describes young people as arrows in the hands of a warrior. A they were warrior. designed to be sent. Not an archer necessarily. Very well said, because for an archer, it could just be for target practice. practice yes. But they are sent by warriors. They were designed to be sent into the most dangerous places of the earth to glorify the Lord. Mm. So being a part of young people and their mission heart is one of the most thrilling things in the world, Etienne. Oh. Praise the Lord. Well, look, we have both a young and old audience that listens to yes. this program. We know we have millennials because we hear from them as well, but we also have some older people. Come on. So we want to inspire the older people today. So dear listener, whatever your age is today, you're welcome to listen to the program. And if you're a young person, we will be sharing some information how you can get in touch with Pastor Gary and his department if you want to live dangerously for the Lord, because that will be the most rewarding of all 
pursuits that you can ever in, uh, enter into. Come on. Although we're saying dangerously, how dangerous is it really? <laughs> it's actually the safest thing in the world to serve the Lord. Okay. And yes, we do live dangerously because we know here on this planet, we're all living behind enemy lines. Mm. And so the reality is when the message of Jesus goes out, there's always going to be resistance. However, there'll be many people whose hearts are open to God. Like Nebuchadnezzar, lying awake at night in the University of Babylon. Yes. There are many out there who have a heart for God. They just need to hear the message. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. And of course, they won't hear it unless someone brings the message to them. Absolutely. And, and this is where, of course, young people with their energy and enthusiasm living dangerously for the Lord come in. Amen. Yes. And we're challenging young people around the world to get involved in reaching the secular universities mm. with the three angels message that centers in Jesus. We're challenging them, them to get involved in one year in mission. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure, okay. later yes. in the cities. And we're also challenging young people to go boldly and start missions and plant churches in the 1040 window. Get wow. serious about reaching those areas from North Africa to Asia, where 90% of the people, Etienne, have never heard the good news of Jesus. 90%. Without hope and without God in the world. Mm. You know, we, we, we see in Jesus' prophecy there in Matthew 24, it says that the end will come when this gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a witness to all nations. Now, that 1090 window is a real obstacle to that, isn't it? It's really true. And it's if you're saying true. that only 10% of the people they've ever heard the name of Jesus? Yeah, yes. Wow. All right. So the work is great. Mm. Um, but like you said a minute ago, Jesus said, if you were willing to lay down your life for me, you'll actually find it. So really, when we're talking about living dangerously, we're talking about getting involved in the greatest adventure ever given to the human race. And actually and finding your life. Ah, you'll find mm. it. You'll find it. And what's beautiful about the Lord is that he works through the gifts and the talents of young people. Mm. Whether mm -hmm. you're, you don't need to be necessarily a pastor to be served by God, even though being a pastor is a wonderful thing. In fact, I challenge young people around the world, if you're being called to be a pastor, step up. Mm. It's the greatest calling. But God is also calling business young people, business-minded, carpenters, entrepreneurs, yes. young people who have a calling on their life and talents in their life that God wants to use to go into those places where, quote, a missionary or, quote, a pastor could not get into. Okay, understand. Well, very important. Well, Pastor Gary, uh, you obviously weren't born as a pastor. The, uh, you obviously <laughs> had a natural birth or all the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your family and your family background, if that's all right. That's great. You know, when I was two years old, um, some Seventh-day Adventists lived next door to my parents. And they had these, these Seventh-day Adventists had a love for Jesus and our message. They, they, were, they were excited. They were sold out on the three angels message. And they walked across the street and ministered to my parents. So the missionary field was just across the road. That's right. Sometimes living dangerously is just across the street. Wow. I love that. <laughs> and they crossed the street, and they helped my parents fall in love with Jesus. Mm. It took a little time because uh, my pe my father was very resistant at first. Okay. But they so didn't was he a up. Christian, or did he have Christian Christian? Yeah, they beliefs? had Christian backgrounds, but you know how that goes. They, yes. you know, they, they were hatched, matched, and dispatched, okay. and that's about it. You know, <laughs> right. they, they went to church to, to uh, get baptized. They went to church to on holidays, and then they went, you know, people go to church Weddings when they die. Weddings and funerals, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, when these Seventh-day Adventists came and with them, they came with the spirit of Jesus and, and uh, they had the spirit of God on them. They loved my parents. They babysitted. They helped out. They had our parents over. They built a relationship with my folks, mm. but it was a redemptive relationship. You know how sometimes we build relationships with people, but we never get to Jesus. Right. Not this couple. This couple okay. was right away loving my parents in the name of Jesus. Okay. So this is true friendship evangelism. Oh my, yes. Yeah. And they started Bible studies with my folks. Um, within a couple of years, my parents were baptized. Then they were so excited about the message, they went on to Andrews University, where they learned to be missionaries. Really? And after five years of being Seventh Avenue, only five years, mm. they went to Malawi, Africa as missionaries there. 
So you spent some time in Africa with your family? Yeah, right away. They, my parents became missional, and we were able to go out there and mm. and shine the light of uh, the Three Angels message in Africa. Wow, well, Africa's dear to my heart. I was born at the tip of Africa in Cape Town. Oh, wow. And I'm just about to go to Ethiopia and then Kenya after that. So uh, I love that continent. It's a special place. And you grew up for some years yeah. in Malawi. We, yes, for, for a little bit there in Malawi. And that's why I like you, apparently, because you got that <laughs> African background. Yeah, come on. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's a great, great place. So my parents were there for a few years. Years, and um, it was there that uh, we saw a lot of spiritual warfare. Mm. Uh, we saw God, uh, the power of the Lord, because you know the Bible says the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. Ooh, that's right. Do you know, Etienne, we've read the, the end of the Bible, and guess what? We win every time. Amen. So um, we need to start seeing ourselves as the aggressors, not the uh, those in, in, in retreat or in defense. Yes. Because the gates of hell will not prevail against the work of the Lord. Amen. We need to be more bold. Yes, we do. Because we're on the winning side and there's mm. more, for, more with us than are against us. That's right. And so my parents were able to see some great miracles and things happening there as they shared the gospel, as they taught and those things. And I got to be a part of that as a young, young boy. Well, that's really exciting. So you were actually in the mission field for a few years. Yeah. And then subsequent to that, did you go and get an education back in the States? Yeah. You know, my parents, uh, once they were done with their mission tour, they became teachers in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So okay. we traveled around North America as teachers. So, uh, And one cool thing about my parents that I really appreciated is ever since I was a little boy, they saturated me with the Bible and spirit of prophecy. Mm. So and I would encourage all of our parents listening right now, the best time to reach your young people is when they're little, bit, little ones. Make sure they're, they're, that you're spending time with them, studying the Bible with yes. them. Um, my parents would study uh, Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories with me. We went through all the series with Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories. Every night we would listen to Uncle Dan and Aunt Sue tapes. So we were constantly being saturated with the Word of God. So from a, from a childhood, we had a deep love for the Bible. Mm, and they, they, they really helped us with that. Not only that, I noticed that my parents were very missional. They, they really wanted to share this with others. So everything that they did was with that intent of leading people to Jesus. So okay. it was great to be beside them as they were teachers mm. in the Adventist church. But that obviously takes some self-sacrifice and a little bit of unselfishness on the part of any missionary to give up the, I guess, the, the comforts of a first world country and then to go to Africa and be True. a missionary. And you don't have those uh, natural things. You can't just run around to the corner store or the 7-Eleven to go and pick something <laughs> up, do you? That's true. So praise God for their example. You know, it reminds me of that text in Proverbs 22, 6, where the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. Oh. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. So Preach. you are an example of godly parents who trained you in the Word of God and then also in the spirit of prophecy. Yes, and, and got involved in what they were actually teaching us. They were actually uh, walking the walk. Mm. Uh, and that's very important to young people that they see uh, the leaders in their lives, their parents, their pastors, and others uh, walking what they're saying, what they're excited about what they're teaching Jesse. the young people. Wonderful. Yeah. So in, in your life, is there ever a time where you felt, okay, now I've made a decision for the Lord, or was it just a gradual thing and the most natural thing for you because of your parental influences? Yes, being you know, so spiritual. I'm jealous of those who have these great conversion stories they can tell, the testimonies of, yeah. you know, a certain point in their life where something dynamic happened. Obviously, in my life, the Lord has been working, but I've noticed that it's been through a process. There's been little times that He's led me along the way. I can't say that there's one point in my life where mm. it all turned around, but gradually and surely, 
that God has revealed himself in my life, and I testify to his, his uh, faithfulness. Praise the Lord. Well, look, there's a variety of different experiences, obviously, when it comes to conversion. There's that Paul kind of experience when he was still Saul, you know, on the road to well Damascus. Said. But the Spirit of God was already working with him before that. He just wasn't aware of it, of course. Uh, absolutely. And with all of us, God's Spirit's constantly working and looking for opportunities to arrest our attention. Now, some of us are a little bit stubborn, more stubborn than others. <laughs> Other people, such as yourself, often I interview and they share the same thing, that because of the influences of their family and their parents, the godly examples of theirs, theirs was a gradual process and it was the natural, most natural thing to keep on walking in the path that the Lord was leading Correct. them. Correct. And it was a process and a journey rather than just a one-off so pray, Amen. Praise God for Amen. that. So uh, you've got these positive influences, and I guess they are always, even for people who follow the Lord at a young age, they are also every now and then distractions. Uh, had any challenges with anything like that, you know, where the devil's trying to derail your relationship with the Lord? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, especially as you live in a Western uh, culture where there's so many temptations everywhere, it's e- easy to become apathetic. Mm. It's easy to become, oh, okay, yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, big deal. You know, there's no no difference in that. So this world, I believe that this world is designed to, uh, Satan's kingdom is designed to rob you of your faith in Jesus. So you need to constantly be vigilant, even more so than you are sometimes in uh, the battlefield of Africa or wherever else. In this culture where we have everything handed to us, we got to stay alert and guard our eyes and our ears and to make sure that our walk with God is solid on a daily basis so we keep Mm. the fire. And here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. He is the source of our fire. If you get up Amen. close to Jesus, you stay on fire. Mm. Just stay cl- staying close to Christ in an environment where we, quote, don't think we need him. Right. Okay. So whenever we get into a complacent, safe environment, especially in areas where we are blessed with religious freedom, you know, we can practice our freedom according to the dictates of conscience. There's no one that's going to take us away, throw us in prisons, or separate us from your family or even mm-hmm. try to take our lives. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to get complacent and just take things for granted. True. Now, very we true. know in the, uh, the the 1040 window there, there's obviously a lot of persecution there. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, we told around the world there's more than 100,000 Sorry, 100 million people that are actively persecuted on a daily basis for their faith. True. And then we know there are tens of thousands that sacrifice their lives every year in the cause of God and for their faithfulness. Absolutely. So you, you mentioned something really interesting. You said that you know, our fire is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then John the Baptist, when he introduced Jesus, says that he will baptize you. I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with water. Amen. And with fire. Amen. Okay, so yes. we can have that fire kindled inside of us. Please. Shut up in our bones, and we won't be able to hold back. You know, <laughs> I think it's Jeremiah that said he, he struggled. He tried to hold it back, but <laughs> he couldn't. True. That's right. Right. And you shall receive power, the Bible says, after, not before, but after the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, and hmm. ye shall be witnesses. In fact, you know, um, Etienne, it's very interesting that witnessing is supernatural. You can't even witness without the Holy Spirit. Right. According to Acts okay. chapter 1, verse 8, it's only after we receive the Holy Spirit that we can actually be witnesses of Christ. Mm. So it's when we receive the Spirit that we are empowered to be witnesses. I wanted to say also that even though we live, that many live in countries that where we don't see is where, where it's apathetic and more of a secular environment, yes. we can still live dangerously by yes, sure. not following the, the course of this world, but standing true for God on the principles of God. That, that's living dangerously. Standing mm. like Daniel in a, in a culture can be living dangerously because people may, there may be backlash. You're not living like everybody else. That's right. Not only that, getting involved in mission service in these secular environments. Mm. 
whether that is Global Youth Day. We'll talk a little bit more okay. about that maybe later Sounds in one-year admission. Just so many opportunities for us to live dangerously, even in a secular culture, where we stand out for the Lord and um, we're able to make a difference in others. You know, one thing I've found that young people are attracted to those who are living dangerously for Jesus. And I would say that one of the most attractive, one of the things that I've noticed with this generation is because they were designed to live dangerously. We talked about that a little while ago. Yes. They are attracted to leaders that also live dangerously. Okay. So when you're a youth leader, a youth pastor, a club leader, whatever else you are in the church, a parent, and you're actually stepping out for Jesus, mm. getting involved in causes that, that lift up the name of Christ, getting involved in sharing your faith, uh, young people are attracted to that. They're attracted to leaders like that. That's true. I could share with you one of the greatest examples of this is in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Okay. You remember the story of Jonathan and King Saul. Yes. And King Saul was living safely under a pomegranate tree. Um, meanwhile, he was losing his army of young people. He started out with 3,000. He's only left with about 600 in 1 Samuel chapter well, 14. 20 <laughs> percent. Yeah. They're yeah. not attracted to leaders that live, live, safe, uh, mm. live safe. By the way, it's really not safe to live safe. Yeah, in right, the story, okay. we see the, the Philistines are surrounding the army of God. The more safe they are, the more safe they play it, the more dangerous, dangerous they put themselves in. It, it becomes, right. Mm. But you have a young man named Jonathan who decides to step up and live dangerously, to go attack the Philistine garrison. Mm. I, I, would, I would compare that with going forward with our mission and message as Adventist. Yes. This young man goes forward. And you'll notice what's so beautiful about this story. Not only does God begin to do supernatural miracles and push back the enemy, hmm. but all those young people that left King Saul, that went and either joined the enemy side or were hiding in the caves, they came out. Wow. And they joined Jonathan in, in, in an attack hmm. on the Philistine garrison. What this is telling us is that this generation is reached by inspiration. You want to reach right. the younger generation, you need to step out and live dangerously for God, and they'll be attracted to you. Mm. And uh, a beautiful, beautiful, powerful story of how we can reach and retain our young people is if our leaders would live dangerously, to live according to the mission we've been given, to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. When we live dangerously like this, young people will be attracted to our side. Wow. So what happens is what we say and what we do actually lines up. Come on now. Yeah. Well said. So, well so, so, because I mean, I've quite often heard this quote. I'm just curious to see what you think about it. So, um, now, I'm not sure who it might have been, Francis of Assisi. I know they ascribed it to him, but I think <laughs> I've gone on the website and they say, no, it, it wasn't him, but a lot of people think it was. They're saying, I'd rather see a sermon any day than hear one. Right, right, right. What do you think about that statement? How uh, does that fit with what you see as regarding our mission, our vision, and the message that God has given us? I as? think it's probably half correct. It's half, okay. It's half correct, yeah, definitely. And I think it was Francis of Assisi that was also said to have said something like, uh, preach the gospel, use words if necessary. If necessary, that's the, yeah, that's right. That's the yeah. other one I was thinking of. And yeah. I would say that, first of all, half of that is correct. We, our lives should be a testimony. It gives credibility to what we say. Hmm. It's very important that our lives reflect what we're saying. Uh, I love the story of a little boy that went to his pastor one day and said, Pastor, um, I heard you preaching that Jesus wants to live in my heart. Yes. And the pastor said, that's true. And the little boy said, well, Jesus is so big and I'm so small. Won't he stick out? <laughs> and the pastor said, absolutely, he will. Yeah. So it's true. And we're filled with Jesus, our lives. But that statement is also very dangerous Okay. because it is necessary that we preach the gospel. Mm. It is through a verbal communication of the good news of the life, death, resurrection of Jesus and what that means for the human soul. This is so important that we communicate this. People will not be saved by our good example. They're saved by the gospel. 
Amen. It's our good example that gives credibility to our words, but we must boldly live dangerously for God, sharing the three angels' message. Mm. Uh, what's beautiful about the three angels' message is it centers in Jesus. In fact, the first angels' message said, says, I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to proclaim to the earth, mm. saying with a loud voice, voice. Yes. Not just in his actions, but in his voice. That's right. The word there for, for loud voice is the word megaphone. Yes. <laughs> it's loud. It's very loud. So yeah. we need to be a people that not only live the life of Jesus, that show his life, that let our light shine. Mm, amen. But a people that open our mouths and speak the, the wonderful okay. gospel. So it's obviously important to live a life that pleases the Lord, but at the same time, that in itself will not be the effective witness because Thank you're you. saying the three angels' message just cry with a light, loud voice. Mm-hmm. And not only that, we know that faith comes by hearing. Yeah. And we walk by faith. Well said. We walk by faith, not by sight. <laughs> right on. And, uh, you know, the, that text there comes from Romans chapter 10, 17. says, um, you know, so faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But just before that, it says, so how will they call on him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Come on. So God's got to send us, and we've got to preach the message, and then they'll hear it, and then they'll believe it, and then they'll call on the name of the Lord. That's the sequence. Come on. Yeah. Right. And and you're part of 3ABN, and that That's is right. front and center of everything that you're doing. Is to take the three angels' messages to the world, the undiluted three angels' messages of the world, and yeah, to counteract the counterfeit. So that's really our mission, our message. The three angels' messages, it's a God-given message. I love it. And our mission is also that, of course, to proclaim it, to prepare the world for the harvest. And there's two harvests that come as a result of this because what happens is it mature two harvests. Yeah. Based on this, everybody makes a decision for or against Christ. It, it is life and death. That's really what we're talking about. I, I'm with you, Etienne, 100%. You know, we have a couple initiatives uh, that are happening around the world. Okay. We have something called Global Youth Day. This is a time for the young people to go out in the community and be the sermon. Very important. Wonderful. Okay. So they go out and they, they get involved in this year. The theme is adoption. So they're adopting someone that they can minister to throughout the entire year and care for. Uh, it could be an elderly person. It could be a sick person. It could be somebody of their own age that they care about. Uh, it could be an animal. But we want, we're challenging young people to adopt someone else, to be the sermon, to pour love into someone else, to be mm. the sermon. But we also have something called 100,000K. And this is where we're challenging young people to not just be the sermon, but also to preach the sermon. Okay. We are challenging uh, young people to have 100,000 evangelistic sites around the world. Very exciting. That's a very bold initiative. Yeah. Yeah. And these young people can either hold these meetings um, in the traditional way in their local church or some kind of venue in the local community, or they can have a small group in their, their home or in their dorm room, or they can even do it on YouTube. Right, okay. So these two initial initiatives, Global Youth Day mm. and 100,000K, both of these are very important in helping our young people realize that we are to be the sermon, but also preach the sermon. Preach the sermon. Love and, it. And if somebody's listening right now, you can learn all about these initiatives at youth.adventist.org. In fact, everything we've talked about, any initiatives that we talk about in this conversation, yes. they can get more details about those there. In fact, uh, Eddie and we actually have all the evangelistic sermons already prepared for the young people. Really? Uh, they can adjust them as they want to as mm. long as they're working with their pastor to make sure it's, you know, it's right on the money. But yes. um, all those resources are there for them at youth.avenus.org for Global Youth Day or for the 100K. Okay, so there's not a lack of resources. Oh, no. All you're looking for is people who have the desire to yeah. want to follow Jesus and be an example of Come. witness in word and in deed. You got it. Oh, praise God. That sounds really <laughs> exciting. So uh, the, the the global day, this global initiative you're talking about, adopting someone, that is really a selfless 
It's putting yourself out a little bit. It's not just looking at your own interests, but looking out at the interests for others. Esteeming others better than yourself, if you would like. That's right. And that really is something that everybody should experience because Jesus said it's more blessed to give yeah. than to receive. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we ask God to give to us, but we don't want to become spiritually obese. We want to then start uh, using that energy, you know, that fire that Jesus places in our heart Amen. and share it around there. Amen. Amen. You know, it's, uh, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but we've all been adopted. We mm. were adopted by the Lord through the gospel. Amen. So Global Youth Day is a chance to reciprocate, to right. adopt someone else I as we it. were adopted unconditionally by the grace of the Lord Jesus. So Global Youth Day is about expressing the grace that we've received toward others. Mm. And this year, like I said, the theme is adoption, but next year we'll have a different theme. Each, And you can learn about the themes at the same website, youth.avenus.org. So like you said, we're trying to combine being the sermon and preaching the sermon with these two initiatives, Global mm. Youth Day and 100K. Okay, that's exciting. So you've got a few initiatives there, and hopefully through yeah. the rest of the program we'll be able to share. That's two? Yeah, that's two of them. Uh, are there any more that you'd like to highlight that we yeah. can talk about? or should we? Yeah, we're going to talk about one-year mission. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. that sounds really interesting. <laughs> where, where our young people are, are taking a year of their lives to focus on reaching the cities with the Three Angels message around okay. the world. So this is a self-sponsored program, so either the family can sponsor them or they can get sponsors, and then they basically they live by faith. They live by faith with, with teams of other young people. Uh, they spend time growing in their relationship with the Lord and with each other in their, in their little groups as they, as they minister for that year. Hmm. Some young people are choosing to do this after high school. Okay. Some are choosing to do it after college. And believe it or not, Etienne, some young people are taking a break from their careers. This is for young people ages 18 to 35. So some of them are in their careers already. Right. They're like, you know what? I want to give a year of my life, 100%, mm. to growing closer to the Lord Jesus and sharing his love with the community. Wow. And that's one year mission. You know, in the world, they already have a concept like that. When I was living in New Zealand, I lived there for quite a few years. They referred to it as your OE. Mm. which is your overseas experience. And this is on a secular basis. People will then either straight after school or straight after university or maybe just take a, a year out after they've worked for a year or two. They'll go and spend a year or so overseas and live and work and travel and do whatever. They call it the OE. In Australia, they don't call it an OE. They call it because I've referred to OE and people have no idea what I'm talking yeah. about. They call it a gap year. Very good. Yeah. So really what we want is a gap year, but a gap year for the Lord yes. where you're going to go and share and give and be blessed beyond measure. Right on. Live dangerously for the Lord. Yes, yes. Okay, well, that's exciting. And I, I like one-year mission because it's, it's, it's close to the model that Jesus had in mind because okay. Jesus never sent people out by themselves. Mm. It was always in groups of two. Okay. Well, one-year mission are sometimes groups of five, 10, maybe even 15 young people who meet together, and they go out but two by two during the day, but then they come back as a team. And what I love about right. it is because when you have a team group, you have a buffet of talent. Mm. So this team of young people with all these different talents and all these different gifts from God can be more effective in reaching the community because with their different teams, they can, they can reach a variety of different people. Okay. And they're not alone. They're part of a group. Well, that sounds really important because we look at the examples of Jesus. When he sent out the 12 disciples there, uh, well, I guess we go to Matthew or we can go to Luke. Say so Luke chapter 9, he sends out the 12. They were sent out two by two, weren't uh, they? Right on. And then, of course, when he sends out the 70, again, the same thing, two by two. Mm-hmm. And that's really important because I guess you can get a little bit uh, isolated when you're by yourself and mm-hmm. you've got no one to bounce things off. You've got no one to pray with and discuss things. So that's really important. Mm-hmm. So the process that people can find, the resources they can find is on your website. Yes. Can you just share that website with us again? Sure. At youth.adventist.org. Um, you can look under One Year in Mission. Okay. And they can learn everything they need to know. They can even learn a contact person in their area, in their division that they can call. 
and sign up or get more information about how they can be a part of a one-year mission right in their country. Okay, so the framework has already been set in place for them to get in touch with people within their local division. You got it. Where they can hook up with someone else if they don't have a friend already that's keen to go with them. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I would really encourage them to get in touch with their local youth director. Uh, definitely start with your pastor, but also your local youth director and find out what initiatives are happening in for one year admission in my mm. conference, in my union. I want to be involved. Oh, this is exciting. You know, when, when I was young, we didn't have this initiative in the church. I feel like I've missed out. I'm almost too old to participate in it. Because what's the age bracket, basically, for this? Yeah, about 18 to 35. Some okay. are 18 to 30. It oh, just, depends just, on, just depends on your division. Yeah, <laughs> you just missed it by a year. Sorry about that, Etienne. Years, many years. Yeah. <laughs> 36, I'll tell you what. No, man, it's, uh, it's very exciting. And then adults can be involved in this by leading those little teams. By we at Every team, every one-year mission team has a leader that oversees it. So, right, okay. Yeah. And they it's intergenerational be, in that sense. Okay, so they may be able to sit outside of that 18 to 35 year, but as a leader but and as a, leader. as a sponsor and a support person. You got it. Praise God. Well, you're never too old to serve the Lord. Please. Dear listener, you are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony. My special guest in the studio is Pastor Gary Blanchard. He is the youth ministries director for the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. You said it right. We're just going to take a short break here, and we'll be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. Have you ever watched birds flying and wished you could do that? How many changes would have to be made to a human body before we could simply leap into the air and fly over mountains on our own power? You're probably thinking of quite a few changes, but imagine how many more changes would be required to make a reptile capable of flight. Yet Darwinists claim reptiles were modified into birds. If that occurred, then at least some of the innumerable intermediate forms between reptiles and birds should be recorded in the fossil record. This new display in the GRI building presents what is actually in the fossil record. Bird fossils exhibit a common fossil pattern. They appear suddenly and fully formed to fly. What about other flying organisms? No matter what the creature, flying is not a trivial achievement. It requires many adaptations that should be reflected in fossils. Yet when we look at insects, those that fly appear fully formed to fly without obvious intermediates in lower layers. Pterosaurs exhibit the same pattern of sudden appearance, fully formed to fly, and so do bats. Look at this cast of the lowest fossil bat and compare it with this modern bat skeleton. Does the fossil look more primitive? The fossil bat even appears to have been capable of echolocation, just as modern bats are. The purpose of displays like this is not to engage in complex debates, but to present the data as they are, so that the patterns can be clearly seen. In this particular case, the pattern of sudden appearance of organisms fully formed to fly is clear and occurs in all groups of organisms that engage in powered flight. The pattern does not support Charles Darwin's theory of evolution, but is consistent with the idea of creation as recorded in the Bible. Dear listener, thank you for staying with us here on By the Word of Their Testimony. My special guest in the studio is Pastor Gary Blanchard. He comes from the US of A, and he is the director for youth ministries for the Seventh-day Adventist Church globally. And he gets to travel and enthuse and inspire not only the leaders of the young people, but the young people themselves. And just this past weekend, I was at a prayer conference where Pastor Gary spoke and I was so inspired by his message, his energy, and his enthusiasm for the word of the Lord. 
And uh, I know many young people were touched by that, but we have the privilege to have him share with us in the studio at the moment. Now, Pastor Gary, just before the break, you were sharing a little bit about your testimony and the importance of actually having godly parents and how they, that impacted your life. You not only saw them preaching, you also saw them sacrificing on, for the uh, well, I call it a sacrifice. Now, we often use those, those words so easily, being blessed by the Lord in ministry for him. Because Amen. it's not a sacrifice. You know, we, we quite often think, and I've got to now correct myself here a little bit. <laughs> we often think, you know, when a king of a country or a, a person of high authority in the country calls us to go and make a sacrifice for the country, we see that as an honor and a privilege. Okay, there you go. But when it comes to the Lord, we use the word sacrifice. It is an honor and a privilege there to be go. called by God to enter into ministry and mission for him, to be on fire for the Lord and share a gospel which the world has to hear before the end can come. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he died for us. At least we can live for him, right? Amen. The sacrifice he made for us is nothing compared to what we can do for uh, his, his sacrifice is greater than anything we can accomplish for him. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, I know that uh, you have been very busy after the, the the prayer conference. You actually went up to a facility we have in North New South Wales up in Kingscliff yes. called Arise. Oh, my. Yeah. What, was you, what were your thoughts on Arise? I was very impressed to see young people being taught how to have a relationship with Jesus mm. and being given opportunities to share the good news of Jesus out in the community and to make disciples for him. Um, very, very impressive uh, to see our young people all excited about serving the Lord in that capacity. That is fantastic. Now, uh, what is the purpose of that school? There, Obviously, there's a little element of training, but what happens after that? What, what, what are they equipped to do? You know, I, I have such uh, little knowledge. I've I spent a little time with them, but I was so impressed with the fact they're being trained on personally how to have a, a relationship with Jesus. So it's a discipleship yeah. program of sorts as well? Yeah, they're teaching them how to share their faith, how to be effective at that. But here's the key, mm. Etienne, that I thought was so powerful, is they have godly mentors intergenerationally working with them. Right. And giving them opportunities to put into practice the things that they're learning in the community. Okay. Um, unbelievable. So it's Excellent. not only gaining knowledge, it's actually giving them and equipping them to share that with other people. Yeah, we usually we usually err on either of those two poles, those two sides. Right. We either train them but never give them an opportunity to do it. Basically uh -huh. just a seminar. That's right. You know, uh, or we get out there and tell them to go do it, kids, mm. but we never gave them any training. And then oftentimes we do both of these, but there's no... Uh, mentoring and coaching from the older generation. It's right. a beautiful thing to see uh, this intergenerational uh, connection at Arise. Mm. I challenge every young person listening to to find out about Arise or find a school like Arise in your area to to sign up for and get trained and give and be given opportunities. Look, I'm so excited about what I'm seeing amongst the young people and also how Lord is turning things around because the generation I grew up with, uh, I'm a fifth generation Sabbath keeper on my mum's side. Of, of offense But many of the young people I grew up with Are no longer in the church Now a program like this uh, Is that going to enable people To be more solid in their relationship with the walk And see the importance of walking with God On a daily basis Because oh, I mean we've lost so many young people And over the years I don't know what's the statistics 65% mm -hmm. of young people we, we end up losing Yeah it's true Is a rise uh, and, and institutions like that Able to transform and change people's lives where they become solid Christians and have a day-to-day -day relationship with the Lord rather than being distracted by all the things uh -huh. that the world and the devil offers us? Yeah, I would say probably the biggest problem for re reaching and retaining our young people in the Seventh-day Adventist Church is the problem is loss of identity. 
Okay. They don't know who they are anymore. Mm. We've been watered down our message so significantly in, in some places that our young people don't see themselves as any different than anyone else. But I want to say to those listening right now, Seventh-day Adventists are not better than other Christians or are not better than other denominations. Right. But the Seventh-day Adventist Church has been given a greater responsibility than every other denomination. Mm. God gave our church his famous last words for the world. Wow. It's called the three angels message. Yes. In fact, when you look at Revelation chapter 14, 6 through 12, and you read the three angels message, you realize that in verse 14 of Revelation 14 is the second coming of Jesus. So yes, in other words, right. you have this three angels message coming right up to the second coming of Jesus. Mm. So the Adventist church was given God's last message of hope and warning to the world before Christ returns. That was given to our church. And when yes. our young people understand this, Etienne, they get excited because they find their identity in our mission Amen. and message. Yeah. No, preach it, Pastor Gary. I love that. So <laughs> if they go to Arise, they will understand our identity, our mission, and our message like they've never understood it before. I believe so. And they'll have a chance to share it. Mm. Because I've heard that, that the numbers for people who go through Arise, that there's only a 3% loss, 97% retention, which has actually swung the uh, the numbers quite considerably. Wow. Yeah. The people you're going to go to class with, if you come down 10 years later, you're going to have the same people still around, still working for the Lord still on fire for Jesus. <laughs> you know, you're right on the money. We it used to be that youth ministry was all about entertaining young people. Mm. And we found out that was a, a, a abysmal failure because young people were designed to live dangerously for the Lord. And when you entertain them, they lose interest very quickly and they find other ways to live dangerously. Unfortunately, the devil taps into that as well. Yes. But what we found, if, if we rightly train young people, God will rightly entertain them. Mm. What I mean yeah, is, I love that. if we would rightly train our young people for ministry like they're doing at Arise, if we would rightly train them, then God would entertain them by doing signs and wonders and miracles and conversions through them. Our young people, there's nothing more exciting, nothing more entertaining than being a part of God's word on the front lines and seeing mm. him work mightily. And so if we would rightly train them, God will rightly entertain them in a powerful way. And oh. we've got to switch those around I in youth that. ministry if we want to retain and also draw young people to God's banner. Mm, that's right. Amen. You know, quite often people may come to the church and then there's uh, some things that they no longer do, <laughs> but they haven't replaced those with some good things to do. Great. And nothing better than getting involved in the work of the Lord to have that enthusiasm and see the results that come by faith. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Now, there's another initiative that you mentioned to me, and I think it's probably um, sort of locks in a little bit to what Arise is doing as well. It's called Pass It On. So yeah. what's this Pass It On theme? How does, that, how does that work? Well, Pass It On is our theme for the General Conference Youth Department around the world. So all the divisions have adopted a theme, hmm. Pass It On. Okay. And uh, basically the idea is that we want to challenge the older generation to pass on three things to our young people. Mm. Number one, identity in Christ. We want the, our young people to know the gospel, Amen. to know that we are made right with God through faith in Jesus. We want them to, to see their identity as his children. Mm. This is so foundational that they know their identity in Christ. But the second thing we want them to pass on to the younger generation is our mission as Adventists. Right. Like I mentioned a little while ago, we're not better than other denominations, but mm. we've been given a greater responsibility. Yes. The proclamation of the three angels' message. It must be done in small groups and in large groups, but we must, or one-on-one, -on -one, one -on -one, but we yes. must take that message, the mission. So identity, pass on identity, mission, and leadership. Mm. We're challenging the older generation to really reach out to the younger generation and mentor them into leadership in the local church. They need to be given opportunities. If you want to reach and retain young people, they need to be involved. 
total youth involvement in the local church. Okay, that's very powerful. And of course, we have a biblical model as well. Even in the early days when, when God called Israel out the first time, because we know that God's calling out Israel a second time as well. <laughs> but when he called them out the first time, Moses had an apprentice. Amen. Joshua. Joshua yes, right. was a young man that got trained up. And then when Moses uh, left the scene, Joshua was the one that stepped in. And what You're a right powerful on. leader he was for his people as well. There's a, there's a famous saying that really affirms what you just said. Uh, no success without a successor. If you, are, if you are an older generation and you are not mentoring a young person, you will not be successful in the end. In fact, when you leave, whether you pass on and, 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 and rest in, in Jesus or whether you uh, take a call somewhere else, that church will be left with a vacuum because you didn't raise up the younger generation to take your place. And what will happen is the devil will surely fill that vacuum. Right. So we need to be serious about this. You know, Etienne, one of the greatest youth leaders in the Old Testament was a man named Elijah. Okay. Elijah was an incredible prophet. And one day God commanded Elijah to go and find Elisha and throw his mantle over Elisha. Mm. And so Elijah went and he threw his mantle. He mentored a young person, Elisha. Do you know Sister White actually implies in her writing in Spirit of Prophecy that Elisha became a better prophet than Elijah. Incredible. Yes. And why was that? Because he learned from the mistakes of Elijah. You Mm. don't need to be perfect to mentor the younger generation. Yes. You need to be part of God's mission in hearing hearing God's calling yourself. But what happened is Elijah took the time to mentor this young man, Elisha. Mm. And Elisha grew up to be a great prophet. Uh, And and you know what the Bible actually says, Etienne? In Malachi chapter 4, 5 through 6, God promises that in the last days he will raise up an Elijah will turn yes. his heart to the younger generation. Mm. This is so key. If you're, if you're a part of the older generation, you're listening to me right now, God is calling you to throw the mantle over the younger generation. In oh, fact, God that. predicts it will happen just before he returns. Mm, that's powerful. And the thing I like about Elisha is that he was bold in his expectations of the Lord because he asked for a double portion of the spirit that wasn't Elijah. Come on. Yes. Yeah. So the young people sometimes can take that vision and make it twice as good as ooh, the young people. Ooh, I, yes. I, I, I love that. I love <laughs> I love the imagery that comes from that story. And what a great compliment to Elijah that mm. that his young man that he was mentoring, his successor, wanted to be like him, twice as good as him. Just okay. he wanted to be he, he really admired his mentor. Mm. We need to realize and find the joy in mentoring the younger generation, Etienne. Right. Now you mentioned Elijah there because I know Elijah will come, it says that Elijah would come before the first coming of Jesus and yeah. then also at the second coming. Can you unpack that for us a little bit, please? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I really think it's calling for youth leaders around the world. It's mm. it's challenging youth leaders to say, you know what? The time has come for us to really start pouring into the younger generation, mm. taking them with us, doing life with them, and making sure that we're really, really raising up successors for ministry in the local churches. Okay, so what you want to do is blur the lines between this generational gap that's been uh, introduced and spoken about probably since about World War II, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, unfortunately, many youth leaders think we're talking about dumping it on. But we're not talking about dumping on the younger generation. We're talking about passing it on. What that means is they need to be mentored. Give them little responsibilities at first and give them more and more responsibilities until they can actually do what you're doing Mm. and have the opportunity to do that. So don't dump it on young people. Don't say, oh, get up there, kids. You're the young generation, so you should therefore be leading. No, no, no. They need to be mentored into leadership. They need to be loved into leadership. They need to be held accountable into leadership. Mm. They need to be encouraged into leadership. Take them along on a journey with you so that they will rise up to be the leaders God has called them to be. And here's the, here's the greatest news. They might, and hopefully so, become a better leader than you because you were faithful. 
Mm, praise the Lord. And we see that example in Elisha, don't we? Come on. Exactly. Oh, praise God. So uh, basically what you're talking about there is Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and verse 6, because it talks about turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and vice versa. So that intergenerational relationship is strengthened in the whole process of sharing the gospel with others. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I hear a lot of preachers say today, the youth are the church of today. Mm. I don't like that okay. because I think it's, I think it's ageism. Because even though the, the youth are part of the church of today, we need the older generation. Etienne, we need the older generation to pour into the younger generation, to sponsor them, to support them, to raise them up as leaders. We are all the church of today. When a person mm. is baptized, whether you're 8 or 80, you are, part of God, you are part of God's church of today. But what the younger generation needs is an older generation that will rightly train them. Yes. That will rightly mentor them, that will care for them and love them and give them opportunities mm. and not dump it on, but pass it on. I love that. Pass it on. That, that, so that's the theme. Is it for this year only or is it go it's, beyond It's for that? this Kukwanium. Okay. And uh, we'll see if we'll continue that theme the next Kukwanium. But, you know, it's, we're really passionate about the older generation passing on identity in Christ, mission as Adventist, and leadership in the local churches to the younger generation and to make that a priority and mm. make it happen now. I love the focus on leadership, obviously training for leadership. Is it possible for young people to start a church? Oh, my. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Yes. In fact, we need to start seeing more new generational churches planted. Mm. And I'm not talking about rogue churches. I'm talking about uh, mature young people who work closely with their local pastor and their church planning coordinator. Yes. They get together in teams. They have a, a, a love for the lost, and they want to reach the lost in their communities. Mm. They're not just trying to plant a church because they don't like the music in the mother church. Right. Okay. Or they don't like the leaders in the mother No. These are young people that have a passion to reach a city. They see the lost there. They want to share the three angels' message. They want to give Bible studies and reach the hearts of the people. Um, that's what we're talking about. Little teams of young people like this who will go into the cities, working closely with their local pastor and their church planning coordinator, and they'll raise up churches as a result of their outreach in those communities, the sharing mm. the gospel. Now, I like the emphasis you place on there as well, having a burden for souls, having a love for them because we love the Lord and we want to share what we've experienced. Please. Because I mean, you don't want to hold back on that, do you? It's yeah. such a great <laughs> privilege. And then at the same time, you're also saying, look, there could be some people who might want to start a church and they want to do it because there's differences in worship style or you know, ideologies when it comes around the, the, the worship expression. Yeah, right, exactly. But you're saying that if your heart is in it, it's about sharing the gospel and ultimately God will give you a new church through that. That's the yeah. right motivation. Well, yeah, young people need to realize that um, – um, our, motive, our, our motive is not to go plant churches. Our motive is to reach the lost by preaching the gospel and making disciples of others. And then mm. it's out of that that churches are formed. So when you're going to plant a church, you need to be mature enough to say, okay, I want to reach this, this community through the culture that they're going to be able to understand. Not necessarily my culture, but their culture. So even a young group might end up raising a church in a more traditional, more conservative environment. Right. They need to be comfortable doing that. Why? Because they're not there just to get a better church service mm. or something else. They're there to reach the people yes. that they're trying to get. And that's the kind of young people we're talking about, that kind of maturity, okay. spiritual maturity. I understand. That sounds wonderful. So are there places around the world where young people are actually involved in church plants? Oh, man, all over the place. In fact, I think something's happening here in Australia. Yeah, that's Very true. excited about Central Coast is uh, launching a one-year mission that's supposed to open 
up into a church plant. And you can tell That's us right. more about that, Etienne. Yes, well, well I'm part of the, the church plant. So myself and Colin Hone and then also a group of young people are actually not ashamed to share their gospel. They will go door to door. But we're going to work in small groups. And the small groups is there basically to bring people in, to give them fellowship. We can even share food. We're going to pray together. And we're going to spend time in understanding the three angels' messages. I love it. And also the groups there on a weekly basis, we're actually going to be nurturing people as well. So what happens by example is see how it, what it takes to run a small group. And as soon as a small group gets big enough, we'll then start a second small group and a second small group. And the whole idea there is actually identifying leaders within the groups who can be trained and equipped to run their own groups. And then they will go and do the same thing. Amen. So that nurturing part is actually built within the whole church plant. So it's one-on-one, it's door uh, door knocking, visiting people in their homes, doing some Bible readings in the homes, doing some special tasks for them if they need the lawns mode or whatever it may be. You know, old generation, mm-hmm. old and young, we are indiscriminately going to share the gospel. I love it. I love it. It reminds me of Ministry of Healing, page 143, where Ellen White talks about a simple template that will be the most successful method, Mm. whatever you're doing. She talks about how the importance of socializing, sympathizing, serving, winning influence, and then saving. Okay. Very simple strategy she puts out. She says it differently in Ministry of Healing, page 143. And that's following the example of Jesus, Christ's methods alone. Yes. Yes. Amen. And that's what you've been doing with your little your group there in the, on the Central Coast. And I was just thinking, I know you're doing the interview questions, but let me ask you a question. Oh, okay. If somebody's listening right now and they're like, you know, I want to be a part of planting a church on Central Coast mm. here in Canada. Uh, and I, where are we? Australia. Australia. Sorry. In Australia yeah, yes. sorry. I know where I am. Um, where would they go to, to okay. learn how to be a part well, of that? You can actually Google Eastwood Missions, and there actually is a tab there for our church plant. It's called the the Entrance Church Plant. Excellent. So I'm going to just find that, and I'm going to share it right with you now. And thank you for the opportunity, Pastor Gary. It's nice to get interviewed for a change. <laughs> so, dear listen, if you want to know more about the Entrance Church Plant that we're doing with Eastwood Missions, so this is Colin Hone and myself that are part of this program, you can go to eastwood.edu.au. And you can then just go down and scroll down. They've got all kinds of events. They've got music camps. They've got a number of things happening at the moment. They've got a Cultivate conference. They've got a DeSozo camp running in Western Australia, canvassing programs, LE Advance programs. And then also you'll notice they're under news. They've got things on our church plant. So if you click on that, you'll find more information. And please feel free to contact us through that. Or if you would like more information, you're welcome to contact us here at 3ABN Australia Radio, and we'll be very happy to pass on those details, including the details that Pastor Gary had just shared with you as well. If you want to find more resources in regards to the initiatives of the General Conference for Youth Mission and and Ministry. That's right, youth.adventist.org. Or you can also become a Facebook friend at GC Youth Ministries. And you get to know everything that's happening around the world with youth ministry and, and be a part of that. Okay, fantastic. Now, I notice that there's a lot of resources available. And quite often there's a will, but there's just connecting people through to the knowledge. So, uh, uh, what I like of what, what you shared before is the importance of actually mentoring people and then showing them how it's done. Amen. And then giving them the confidence to do it as well. Because quite often people have the world, but they don't have the resources. Well, we've got plenty of resources. Now it's just a matter of mentoring them and showing them how to use the resources. Excellent. Yes. So one of the resources we also have available is a special Bible. Could you tell us a little bit more about this Bible? Oh, yeah, yeah. We just uh, created a brand new youth Bible. Okay. And uh, you can get you can check out uh, how to order that at youth.avenus.org. But here, uh, 
here in the South Pacific Division, I'm very excited about the World Changers Bible. Okay, what's that? That your division youth director, Nick Cross, has been really uh, promoting. Mm. And I think they've they've handed out millions of them, right. at least hundreds of thousands of them. Okay. And the World Changer Bible um, is an excellent resource because uh, young people are given this Bible only after they're trained how to give a Bible study to one of their friends. Right. Okay. <laughs> so this Bible study actually has got all the resources in there to actually go through a Bible study um, sequentially. Absolutely. We, we've learned that the most effective way of reaching people is oftentimes one-on-one. Mm. You can impact people from the world's, uh, from a stage as well. There's no question about public evangelism being very, very important. There That's are many right. people in the church today because of public evangelism. But we found the most effective way is when friends and family reach their friends and family one-on-one through Bible studies. Mm, So this World Changer Bible is all about that. Yeah. Well, Jesus actually obviously did a lot of public evangelism, but we also have examples. Even if we look at the Gospel of John, we see there in John chapter 3 that Jesus has a one-on-one with a man called Nicodemus. Yeah. And he was a senior person, a leader in the Sanhedrin. I mean, he was part of the executive. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, all they would need to do is go to the uh, website for the South Pacific Division, okay. and uh, they would find out the information they needed to get in touch with uh, learning about the World Changer Bible. Hmm. And, of course, we also have some other examples with women at the well. That's a one-on-one as well. So yes. this Bible will equip them not only to stand in front of a group of people, but also to sit down one-on-one with someone and share the gospel Man. through a systematic understanding of Scripture. Yes, and what I love about it, it's putting the tools in the hands of our young people so they can be effective in this way. And do you know, Etienne, hundreds of young people have been baptized as a result of this initiative. It's, really? It's serious, yeah. Not, not only that, I've heard churches have been planted as a result. Because as a young person goes out and he begins to reach his friends, more and more are gathered together. Yes, And amen. a church comes out as a result of, of, of a young person being faithful in preaching the gospel and discipling his friends mm. and his his acquaintances. Very important. Very important. So when one young person takes a stand for the Lord, that they have the love of God in their hearts, what happens is it's like the Holy Spirit then adds things to them that they typically wouldn't have added otherwise. Yeah, right. So the importance of the Holy Spirit, are there any initiatives there that people can actually then ask and pray for the Holy Spirit, knowing that there's other people around the world that are joining in, in the same mm. process? Yeah, you, thank you for bringing that up. We, we've actually started a brand new ministry. It's online. It's, if you go to GC Youth Ministries, you go to our Facebook page, we actually have something called Give Him 20 or GH20, we call it. GH20, okay. And the first Sabbath of every month, Mm. myself or one of my associates who work with me at the General Conference Youth Department will be going live with a prayer meeting where we're praying that Acts chapter 1, verse 8 becomes a reality for youth around the world. Oh, wow. Which is, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses everywhere, including the ends of the earth. Yes. Mm. So the first Sabbath of every month, we'll be going live uh, somewhere around the world, wherever we're at, with other young people and praying for the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the cool part, Etienne. We're challenging young people to watch it the first Sabbath of each month, and then we ask them to copy it. So they do their own GH20 and put it up on their platforms. So more and more young people are praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. So what they, they, they given an example and then they asked to copy an example. It sounds like training to me, doesn't it? I think it's it. <laughs> and it's some training doesn't have to be very long, does it? No, it doesn't. And, yeah. But, you know, when we receive the Holy Spirit, then we become supernatural witnesses. Okay. And this is the key. So many times we try to do witnessing without power. 
And mm. so we don't get uh, the results that we hope for. But when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, which comes, he comes upon us as a result of prayer, we are empowered to be effective witnesses for Christ. Okay. So obviously we want to dedicate our talents to the Lord. We want to you know, commit our lives to the Lord. And God will give us those talents back sanctified. And yeah. They will be better than they were before. Right. Yeah. This is why I love the recharge retreat we just had. Um, recently up north, right? Yes. Powerful, where young people came together and learned more about who the Holy Spirit is. Mm. In fact, if our listeners right now are wondering, how can I learn more about the Holy Spirit? There's a great resource that you can get at youth.avenus.org slash books. It's books, called okay. 10 Days by Dennis Smith. Right. It's okay. a great book for you to learn about who the Holy Spirit is, how to receive the Holy Spirit daily. But it's also a great book on how to start a small group, mm. a small active small group that's praying for the Holy Spirit and getting active in ministry at the same time. That is a wonderful book. And I even know that it's actually been translated into other languages. So if people want to access that, they can even contact us here at 3AB. And for example, I have it available in Mandarin. Perfect. And uh, that's in the, the 1040 window, you know, and going into China and some of those places. So I'm actually just, uh, just receiving that from Colin Hone. Yeah. And I'm just about to actually <laughs> send that through to a contact of mine in the underground church in China. Wow. It's been such a blessing to me, and I know it's going to be a blessing to them. Amen. Well, dear listener, you are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony. My special guest in the studio is Pastor Gary Blanchard. He is the director, the global director for Youth Ministries for the Seventh-day Adventist General Conference. We're just going to share our contact details with you now in case you want to catch up and you haven't been able to write down all those beautiful web addresses that you might need for some resourcing. So please have a listen and we'll be right back after this message. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456, or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. So, dear listener, I hope you've got those contact details down. If you want to get in touch with us or have more information, we will once more share some of these details with you. But, Pastor Gary, we are just grateful that you've been in the studio here to share all this information, also to share your testimony. It's just to see you're not a young guy, but you're not an old guy either, but just to see that you're still on fire for the Lord all these years later. I mean, the fire never has to go out, does it? It doesn't. It does not. Stay close to the, the source of the flame, Jesus right. Christ. Now, to, uh, to, to wave those flames into even a greater fire, what resources, what else is available for the young people to, uh, to connect with? Oh, excellent. You know, if you're a, a youth leader right now, an older generation, or even a young person, we have a brand new magazine that we produce every quarter. It's free. You just have to download it. It's at youth.adventist.org. It's called Adventist Youth Leader. And this magazine will help you be effective in passing on identity, mission, and leadership to the mm. younger generation. It's an excellent resource. Take advantage of it. Okay, that sounds that sounds fantastic. We uh, we we do want some good resources because I mean there's so much available out there. Quite often it's you can't see the the trees for the forest. Oh yeah. So it's it's good to know this. So this is one that you definitely recommend, and they can find that on your website. Mm -hmm. It's an e magazine. It's an e magazine. You can download. It's beautiful. It's well well put together by some of our best youth ministry practitioners around the world. Okay, wonderful. And just in the last uh, 45 seconds or so, we have what is the take home message you'd like people to take oh, from this, this program? Well. I would say uh, the most important thing is God is calling the younger generation to live dangerously for mm. him. And by that, by sharing the love of Jesus Christ, 
in the message of Jesus Christ to everyone who will hear the message. This is when we see miracles take place. We see our young people get inspired and mm. joining the ranks because we want to see Jesus come back in our lifetime. We want to see the world reached and people saved in these last days. Mm, amen. And I, and I like the, the, the emphasis you've placed on the fact that, that young people would like to be inspired. Come on. Yeah. They want to see people stand up for the Lord, being bold, amen. being brave, and actually living dangerously. But amen. as you said, you know, that's actually the safest place because you are actually – Hid in the pavilion of the Lord, Come you know. Yes. He's got his angels who'll give charge over you. You won't even dash your foot against a stone. There's so many promises we can claim. Amen. But to go and live dangerously for the Lord, what an adventure. And you know, Etienne, if you're if young people are listening right now, if they would just become our friends on Facebook at mm. GC Youth Ministries, they would see all kinds of stories and information about young people living dangerously for God and resources to help them live for the Lord as well. So check us out. Become our friend at GC Youth Ministries. Wonderful. Thank you, Pastor Gary. Thank you for joining us here on the program today. Dear listener, thank you also for sharing this time with us. We pray that you've been inspired and that you'll be able to use some of these materials and these resources and go on the website and have a look. And that God will encourage you wherever you find yourself that you will bloom where God has planted you. But you will pray that God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Because if Christ is in us, as you said before, Jesus is so big, we are so small. Jesus will stick out and you will also be able to light your world with the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.